0: It is time. It is radio.com's college basketball betting preview with myself, Eli Urskovich, Tom Casali at the Thomas Casali on Twitter, and Tyler Morales at underscore T Morales. Still, has to get that Twitter handle changed up, but we'll talk yeah, about that another time. It, it's awful, man. It's, Tom, Tom, what do you think
1: about Tyler's Twitter handle? I'm not big on Twitter handles. You got mine wrong. It's actually the Tom Casale, but uh, <laughs> so, uh, the, the, that's all right. But uh, no, I Tyler, uh, w- whatever works for you, go ahead. Just uh, keep, keep putting out good content. That's all that matters.
0: <laughs> Tom Casale was brought into uh, radio.com. He's now the managing editor of sports betting with us at radio.com sports. So excited to have him on board Tyler Morales, the executive producer of you better you bet. And, you guys know me uh, running the content, running the production side of things for our sports betting content at Radio.com. So a lot to get to today from a college basketball perspective, guys. We are about three weeks away, I think officially three weeks away from the college basketball season after missing March Madness. Can I just say, fuck 2020 and fuck COVID-19. <laughs> I just want to get that out there, guys. Yeah, we got but, robbed of a Miles Powell uh,
2: National Championship run. That's, that's the one thing that's still bugging me to this day.
1: I never thought we'd see the day where there wouldn't be a March Madness. That's, uh, you know, that that's awful. But I'm going to guarantee we have one this year. They're not going to lose two years of money on that baby.
0: No doubt. So top of the odds board, we'll get to from the jump. We'll break down our college basketball futures throughout. Jeff Goodman, one of the best college basketball insiders around, if not the best from Stadium, going to join us to talk about logistically how is the college basketball season happening? A lot of scheduling information coming out over the last couple days. So excited to break it down with you guys, Tyler and Tom. Let's start off with, before we get into our futures, or if you guys have futures from this range, this ballpark in the futures market, feel free to say so. But looking at the top of the odds board, guys, uh, at Canby Book specifically, Villanova sitting at plus 700. They are 14 to 1 at the Westgate out in Las Vegas. Baylor plus 800. They're 14 to 1 at the Westgate. Gonzaga plus 800, so the second shortest odds behind Baylor and Villanova. Then the Iowa Hawkeyes. Can't wait to talk about them at plus 800. Virginia plus 900, so the fifth shortest odds. Kansas plus 1100, 11 to 1. Wisconsin 12 to 1. Duke 13 to 1. And the Illinois fighting Illini 13 to 1, guys. Out of those teams, Tom, I'm going to let you go first. What stands out among those 7 to
1: 8 teams for you? Well, for me, it's Iowa. The I I think they're grossly mispriced at, at that number, and I think you got to be insane to bet Iowa plus eight hundred right now to win the national championship. I wouldn't bet Iowa if I had a Hawkeye tattooed on my ass. I mean, that's how that's how crazy I think this number is. I mean, think about it. You're trying to find value in the futures market, and in college basketball, teams going to lose a couple games here or there. The odds are going to adjust. There's no way this is the best number you're going to get from Iowa. And I mean, you know, Ken Palm has them a little bit further down the down the trough here. He's got them at the 73rd uh, adjusted defense. I, I just don't see them being a plus 800 type team heading into the season.
2: Um, no, I completely agree. I wouldn't touch. I wouldn't even touch Iowa last year. I would not bet this team at plus 800. Uh, I have another team that I also wouldn't touch at all, and that's the Duke Blue Devils. I that I, they have a whole new team coming in right now at plus uh, 13 plus 13 to one. I wouldn't touch this team with anything. They lost Vernon Carey. Trey Jones is gone. Cassius Stanley's gone. Javin Deloria, who was there for 20 years, is finally gone. This is like a brand new team they got going coming in here right now. The leading score, if you were to use last year's stats or he was at a uh, Columbia in 2018, 2019, is Patrick Tape. He averaged 11 points per game for uh, Columbia right now. This te- I would not touch anything with Duke, maybe bet him later. Because I you you can see this team with this roster right now, they're all these guys are new. I mean, Patrick Tape's the only redshirt senior they got.
0: Everyone else is freshman, sophomore. I, Duke's the team I would stay away from right now. I want to go back to Iowa for a second, and then we'll touch on Duke. This team, man, for them to be plus eight hundred, even sitting at around what we're talking about lesser odds, like in the twenties, twenty-five to one at the Westgate, it's a little bit higher. For that defense to be priced at even in the ballpark of eight to one, they were, I think 50 to one offshore during the summer. And I was like, okay, that's fine. If people want to bet Iowa 50 to one around the same price that they were last season, but for them to be priced with that defense, like we're talking about a team that absolutely cannot defend unless it's playing at the temple that it wants to for the entire game. They lose an impact player in Creener up front. They get most of their other guys back. I think pencils back, which is obviously a big plus Luca Garza, uh, arguably the best player in college basketball. Yeah. I, I, th- I saw. I thought he should have won the Naismith over Obi uh, Toppin last year. Twenty-three points per game, not o- almost ten rebounds. Again, getting Wieskamp back. Frederick is good at the point guard spot. Toussaint, also another guard that can handle the basketball. And fucking hate Connor McCaff- McCaffrey. Hate all the McCaffreys. <laughs> to be completely fair, I, I just don't. Bohannon's coming back too. Offensively, fine. You can make the case that they could score with anybody when they're playing at their pace. One of the highest tempo teams in college basketball. But defensively, they cannot defend a lick when they're not getting up and down in transition and shooting the threes like they want to, again, at that high high pace. So, don't see any value with the Hawkeyes. Agree with you, Tom. And then Duke, like Matthew Hurd, I like as a stretch uh, stretch force, even if you want to call him a wing. Uh, Like Tyler said, this is a completely new team. And to the point, like, broadly about Duke and the rest of these teams like Kentucky that are bringing in uh, a a whole new personnel – in this era of college basketball and this year specifically, I don't think you could bet a team like that at around 12 to one, even a little bit higher at some other books with a brand new roster and a COVID era where you don't know how these guys are going to react on a day-to-day basis to the, to the abnormalcy of college basketball right now.
1: No, Oh I was going to say, I think you made a good point about Iowa and it's not that we don't like the Iowa team. But I'm going to talk about a team a little later on, LSU, which is very similar to them. But LSU is 40-1, to and they don't play any defense either. So I think your point about it's not necessarily we don't think Iowa's a good team. It's that nobody wants to touch them at plus 800 with a defense that can't stop anyone.
2: Exactly, and I mean you're getting you're going to get the best player every single game in Luke Garza, and I guess you get Jordan Jordan Bohannon back who only played ten games last year. Yeah, I, the defense was abysmal last year. I've, I'm yeah, I'm staying away from this team.
0: They were just inside the top 100 last year in adjusted defensive efficiency. Yeah, I, I get it from a Kempom standpoint. You're getting a lot back, and Garza's great on the front line defensively, but like that price is is insane. I, I like you're bringing a ton back. It's kind of like the only fighting Illini that we'll get to in a second. But mm-hmm. Tom, any thoughts on Duke before he moved down the odds board.
1: No, I agree with Tyler. I I think there's too many new faces, and this isn't a great year to have all new faces on a team, you know, given all the uh, outside variables. So Duke's always going to be mispriced because they're going to draw a lot of money. But, you know, again, I'll talk about a team later on in the ACC. I like more than Duke, so I would pass at this price, too.
0: I think we we wouldn't be doing our jobs, right, if we don't talk about at least the the favorite, the odds-on favorite in the Villanova Wildcats, plus plus seven hundred fourteen 14 to 1. Oh, yes. Yeah, you're Wildcats, Tyler Morales. So they lose Sadiq Bey, who Tyler's obviously um, praying to the gambling gods that the 76ers get uh, in the NBA draft, but they bring back Gillespie. They, they bring back uh, Jermaine Samuels. Uh, Justin Moore who could shoot the three ball pretty well. And Jeremiah Robinson-Earl. And you're also getting back Cole Swider, who's a really good stretch four, and Slater, uh, Cosby Roundtree, who's a really athletic and a really good rim protector. And then Antoine, who has a lot of potential? Brian Antoine, a five-star from last year's class. So, Tyler, I'll, I'll give you the floor here. If you were to bet one team um, among the favorites to win the title, would it be Nova? Uh,
2: yes, it would be Nova. I, I would, I'm not gonna put money on it, but if you know, if you gave me a hundred dollars, I would put it on Villanova. This, I don't even know where to begin with this team. Uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, as Eli knows, I think he has <laughs> national player of the year potential. I mean especially with this he fits every box you'd want in a in a player in college basketball. He he rebounds, he's fundamentally sound, he plays really hard and he can score the basket. Um he's going to be right he's going to be the guy this year to score him and Colin Gillespie. I love Robinson Earl. I think he's going to average around 15-10, 18-10 this year. Also, another X factor to this is the whole Brian Antoine situation. I hope this isn't like a Javon Quinterly situation where Quinterly wastes the year there. He Nothing ever happens with him between him and Jay Wright. Last year, Antoine was expected to come in and be a spark off the bench. He only averaged one point per game last year. He was the number two recruit last year in New Jersey behind uh, Scotty Lewis. That's why I'm very familiar with Brian Antoine. But I think <laughs> Big it jersey guy. somehow, yeah, it, it hit the over on me referencing Jersey players today. Uh <laughs> Brian, yeah, Brian Antoine's the huge X factor. If they can get him going and doing anything off the bench, I think this team is so dangerous. I think they're easily the best team in the country.
0: Tom, what about you? If you were to bet one team among the favorites here, would it, would it be the Wildcats?
1: I do believe uh, Villanova and Gonzaga are the two best teams in the country. But I'd go with the Zags, and here's why. Last year, Gonzaga started 20-1 to 1 to win it all. And they had a primetime game with Arizona. Where they were still 12 to 1 to 15 to 1. And I put on Twitter listen, if you like Gonzaga, you got to bet him now. I bet Arizona in that game. No, I bet for futures wise, because after that game, they're going to be 20 plus point favorite every game here on out. So to me, that's why if you like Gonzaga, that's the one team I'd kind of bet a little bit early. After they have a couple of their early season big games, they're going to cruise through that conference. So you might not get better than 8-1 to one, uh, throughout the season with Gonzaga. Where a team like Iowa, I guarantee you, you'll see them 15-20-1 at some point yep. this year. So for me, Gonzaga, Villanova, two most talented teams in the country.
0: like that take on Gonzaga. The other point, too, to bring up is – None of these teams, or at least the, the two teams that we brought up so far in Villanova and Gonzaga in terms of upper echelon teams that we were bet to win the title, their odds likely aren't going to dip much. So if you're looking at a, and we'll get to Illinois in a second, I know I keep teasing them, but just using them as the example here, the Illini are 13-1 to 1 at some books. You can make the argument that they struggle a little bit and maybe their three point shooting doesn't come to fruition, as it might say on the stat sheet, and their odds dip to 20 to 1. That's why you don't want to bet some of these favorites where their odds could depreciate in terms of value. Again, Zaga, you can make the case that they'll be around 8 to 1 all season or 14 to 1 at the Westgate, somewhere around that number. Maybe even more valuable if you head out to Vegas and get that 14 to 1 price. Villanova, you can make the same exact case. Baylor, I think, is the. Argument where I'll go against myself there, against what I was just talking about in terms of the value staying the same or you know around the same value as you're getting preseason because you lose a a huge piece in Freddie Gillespie, the fourth highest offensive rebounding rate and like a top forty block rate. He lost me so many fucking games (laughs) because of how many offensive rebounds he had. I couldn't. I bet against Baylor a ton. Everybody knows that on Twitter that fucking trolled the shit out of me last year. Thank you. Fuck you, Tyler. I was irate with how many offensive rebounds Gillespie would get, and his rim protection was fantastic. I know you're bringing back Jared Butler. Mark Vitale is great around the rim, another really good rim protector, an offensive rebounder. Macy Oteague, really good around the basket, too, and could stretch the floor. Davion Mitchell I like as well, and Matthew Mayer, really good production off the bench. But if I was to bet one of these teams, it would be Villanova because of the uh, coaching pedigree of Jay Wright, and you think about what they're bringing back, too. It's, it's tough to rely on three-point shooting that much over the course of a season. And I know they were just inside the top 40 in terms of adjusted defensive efficiency on Kempom last year. But bringing that team back, and again, a, a year in college basketball where chemistry is going to mean so much, uh, I, I would bet on Nova if I was going to bet on any of those teams. Not doing it, but I would if it was one of the favorites. Yep, I can 100% agree with you on Nova. Tom, any thoughts on Baylor really quick?
1: Well, I had Baylor last year at 40 to one. Thank you, uh, coronavirus. But, um, and I I know how much you dislike them, but I I get where you're coming from because to me, if you asked me heading into the tournament that I think Baylor was going to win at, say probably not. You know, I thought they were Final Four caliber, but... Everything went their way last year. You mentioned the rebounding. They were in a lot of low-scoring, close games last year, and they got rebounds. They made all those little plays that helped them get over the edge. I don't put them in the same class this year. I wouldn't take them at this number.
0: I agree, and we'll get to one team maybe later on in the podcast, a Texas Tech that could vault up in the in the Big 12 because of Baylor uh, Baylor undergoes some variance after, like like Tom mentioned, all those offensive rebounds that went their way. And w- people want to say, well, it happened and they're bringing a lot of their frontline back. So it, it could happen again in terms of their offensive rebounding rate. Like luck off the rim, luck off the glass doesn't necessarily translate year to year, especially with Gillespie not coming back, obviously graduating this past year. I want to maybe two minutes on the Illinois fighting Illini here. From 50 to 1 to 13 to 1, 30 seconds apiece between Tom and Tyler. I can't believe it's been this big of a dip. I, I know Kofi Coburn's coming back, and more importantly, I would coming back. But on paper, they're bringing a lot in terms of three-point shooting. But we haven't seen it on the court yet, and that was their biggest issue, was shooting from beyond the arc last year.
2: Yeah, um, I, I completely agree. I personally love this team. I liked them last year. But I at like 13 to bringing- one yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm getting to that. I would, I would never take him at thirteen to one. Uh, this is a team I'm gonna bet throughout the year. If in certain spots or certain situations, yes, we'll never bet this team in the future. I'm gonna hope they lose a bunch of games, maybe because they got some experience. The, although the the recruit they got, Andre Corbello, he's from New York. I think he's an outstanding point guard. He, I, he's been playing with pros since he was like sixteen. He was on the FIBA national team. He was, play, I think, he played in Puerto Rico. He was playing against all these pros. I think he's gonna be one of the better Big Ten, uh, Big Ten freshmen coming in but yeah I'm not gonna bet this at 13 to one. I, I love the roster I love desumu I love
0: uh, Co- it's Coburn right we we, did we ever confirm not that? not Cockburn it is it is Kofi Coburn correct <laughs> Unfortunately for yes. Nick it is uh it is Coburn
2: yes I love this roster agree with you 100 not taking them at 13 to one maybe I'll hope they lose and they start out really slow so maybe I can get them at a better number but not betting them at 13 to one.
1: Uh, same exact category. Love the team. The two teams I like in the Big Ten are Illinois and Rutgers. One team's sixty to one. One team's thirteen to one. I think that's what we're talking about here. The you know I I love the roster as well. But give me a call when they're thirty forty to one, and we have some value on the future yep. because thirteen to one's not cutting it.
0: Agree there, and, and a couple quick notes, too, on the Fighting Alana before we get to Jeff Goodman from Stadium, one of the best college basketball reporters out there. Andres Feliz, like I mentioned Gillespie with Baylor, losing Feliz, uh, uh, the ultimate mm-hmm. glue guy for that team, and really, really good on the glass in terms of offensive rebounds, really good at cutting to the basket, got to the line a ton. I don't know if you guys remember the Michigan game last year. But yeah, I mean, police made some huge plays in the second half of that game, getting to the foul line and keeping the Illini hanging around that game before Dasumu hit the game-winning bucket. So, Bishanis Veely, you can absolutely not trust on the block. Hate to say yep. fuck, fuck that guy to a college basketball player, but just unfortunate in terms of his development down low. Maybe it happens this year. I'm assuming Coburn t- uh, takes that jump. I don't expect that from Bishanis Veely. They are getting uh, Grandison, who could shoot the ball from Holy Cross, and Hutcherson from from Wesley and. Um, but I do not trust their three-point shooting, uh, even with Adam Miller coming in, the, the the five-star freshman or four-star freshman from the Chicagoland area. Hard to trust a, a team that can't shoot the ball from three consistently last year, even with the depth they're getting this year. We haven't seen it just yet.
1: Oh, no doubt about it. I wouldn't be surprised if they won the Big Ten. Uh, you know, they're, they got a lot of talent, but again... They're going to have stretches where they don't shoot the ball well they're going to lose a game or two here, and that's when you want to pounce on them don't jump the gun early with teams like Illinois. Wait for the right price
0: hundred percent if you got them fifty to one fine because the variable Congrats. three point shooting at fifty to one with with the with the variable three point shooting okay, but at thirteen to one with that variable. Radio.com's college basketball betting preview podcast and excited to be joined by the best college basketball reporter and analyst around Jeff Goodman at Goodman Hoops on Twitter. He's a basketball analyst for Stadium and also the co-founder of the Field of 68 Podcast Network. Jeff, I keep seeing on Twitter all these coaches calling the upcoming college basketball season a shit show. So what say you about what's coming up in a, in a few weeks?
3: Yeah, I, I want to trademark that. I think I was the first one to, you know, put that out there. And, and, and some people go against it. Some people think it's a little harsh. Uh, as you guys know, I'm, I'm, I try to be real. And I talk to all these guys who do scheduling at all these schools, and they agree with me. I mean, it's a complete shit show. It is. And, and it's not their fault. Honestly, I think it's the NCAA's fault as much as anything. And people were, you know, tweeting out and saying how great a job Rah-Rah College Hoops was doing and giving everybody credit. They weren't. They really weren't. I mean, they, they weren't preparing for some of the issues that might face the sport uh, when it came to scheduling. And honestly, they should have either kept it at November ten. Or said no non-conference, period. And that's a safer way, right? We're seeing it with some of the the low and mid-major leagues playing back-to-back days, playing the same team twice, so you only have potentially five road trips in conference play all season. That's the way everybody should be doing it right now. But unfortunately, they're all fighting for themselves. All they do is give a shit about themselves. Instead of looking at the overall product and all of college basketball and saying, how can we get 20 games? Because if we can get 20 conference games, everybody would sign on the dotted line today. But unfortunately, there's no unification with this sport, with the NCAA, trying to figure this thing out
1: as a whole. So, Jeff, uh, staying with the shit show theme, um, (laughs) what what do you think the chances are that we get to that March Madness and we have a full season for college basketball? We'll get to it, but we won't have a full season. I mean, you know, a full season is,
3: and so many of these guys are worried right now because, think about this, if, if you have somebody test positive, uh, right now you have to shut down for two weeks um, because everybody else is a tier one right now in, in college basketball. It's not like football. Everybody else has spent at least 15 minutes um, around that person, whether it's a coach, whether it's a player, whatever. So uh, you, you've got to shut down for two weeks, and you can't just come back. And play the next day. So you're really talking about a three-week window as it is, uh, as the rules say right now or recommended rules say right now. So, you know, that's one issue. The other issue that cost ESPN in Orlando was the the retesting of anybody who's tested positive uh, months ago. There are a lot of schools, primarily in the Big 12 and SEC, that they don't want to and they don't have a rule that they have to retest. If somebody tested positive back in May, they're good for the rest of the season. But the CDC recommendation is 90 days. And that's what most of the leagues are going with the big 10. I think ACC is at 120 days right now. So that's why a lot of teams, that's basically why ESPN's event, they scrapped it. Ultimately, they couldn't come to a a, a conclusion on what would work for everybody.
2: Uh, Jeff, I'm going to stick with the theme here of the shit. show. um, the Horizon League is going to an Ivy League schedule, 20 games, back-to-backs against the same team. What's that going to look like, and do you think that'll translate into the bigger
3: conferences? I don't think it'll translate in the bigger conferences, but like I said to you guys earlier, it should. It should. It's the smart way. I know it's not equitable, and I know it's not good for TV, right? Everybody wants TV contracts, make their money. I understand, but do you want to make no money or some money? I'll go with some money at this point, and I'll go with an NCAA tournament. I do think there'll be an NCAA tournament. Uh, I think that'll be the case. You know, if, if the Horizon, let's say, and, and their plan is pretty good right now. But if, if for argument's sake, they sent a team or, or everybody in their league plays ten games instead of twenty like some other leagues, I still think the NCAA will say, "Hey, we'll take whoever you want to send. Horizon League, you send a team. Swack, whoever you want to send, we'll take them. We're not going to say no." So I think it's still going to be sixty-eight teams. I think they'll bubble off because. They do make, you know, $980 million. They won't make 980 this year because they won't have fans, most likely. But, you know, they'll make 850 and they can bubble up and spend some of that money. And um, even if it's – I mean, think about what the, uh, the NBA spent, right? I mean, they, they can spend $100 million if they want to. $100 is still better than zero, you know, which is what they're dealing with if you don't bubble up potentially.
0: Jeff, maybe we'll stay with the optimism uh, of having a college basketball season, yep. looking at the, the odds board here uh, in terms of the favorites to win the title, Villanova plus 700, at Camby Bucks, Baylor plus 800, Gonzaga also eight to one. Iowa, eight to one. Yep. And then looking a little bit down. Virginia's nine to one, Kansas 11 to one, Wisconsin 12 to one. Duke also 12 to one. and the uh, Fighting line of Illinois. Are thirteen to one. If I were to give you a hundred dollars on any of those teams, who would it be? And please don't say Iowa.
3: I, well, it's funny. I mean, you just read them off, and I think that was my top four. My, my top four is Baylor, Villanova, Gonzaga, and Iowa. That's been my top four since I don't know months ago. Uh, after that, it, it, it's a little bit difficult. Um, what was Kansas?
0: Eleven
3: to one. I mean, like. A Kansas and Illinois, I, I think are two. I think Creighton you didn't mention. I really like Creighton a lot. If Marcus Zegarowski is healthy, which he should be. Again, they're a team that brought everything back other than Tyson Alexander. So they've got a veteran team. They're used to playing together. They add Antoine Jones, transfer from Memphis. But more more importantly, they add a legitimate big man in, in this freshman, Ryan Kulbrenner, who's terrific, absolutely terrific. Plus, uh, they get another big man back that they really haven't had in Jacob Efferson, So they can play big. They can play small. They're veterans. They've got really good guards. They might have the best point guard in the country. Um, so I would say Creighton, to me, would be one. And never count out Texas Tech. Just, I just say, in Chris Beard, I trust. And I don't love his team. I, I like him. But I've just learned that, like, if there's anybody – I just, I just feel like Chris Beard's going to figure it out. Not now, like the Mac McClung experiment, really, really interesting because McClung is the, um, uh, I'm trying to phrase this the right way, uh, the least disciplined offensive player maybe in the country. <laughs> and Chris Beard, that, that that isn't going to fly with him. But especially if you don't guard, I think if McClung guards, Beard will give him a little bit of freedom and, and some rope. But if he doesn't, this could end poorly. But He's got other players that are really good, Terrence Shannon, and he's got elite-level freshmen coming in, Amari Burnett and Micah Peavy, along with Jamarius Burton, the transfer from Wichita State. So he's got a lot there. Up front, they're a little thin. But as I say, like Chris Beard, I'll, I'll take him any day of the week. And I mean, Creighton, uh, the money is 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 pretty good. I, you didn't say what their odds were, but they're worse than 13-1, to 1, right? Yeah,
0: Creighton's sitting at 25-1, uh, to 1, Jeff. So it's, there's some yeah, value that. there for sure. Love that.
1: Love that value. Absolutely love that value for Creighton. Jeff, a team that intrigues me a little bit is Stanford sitting at 50-1. to 1. They bring in the McDonald's All-Americans, Zaire Williams. Can you talk about uh, Williams a little bit and maybe one or two other impact freshmen you think are really going to help a team improve this season?
3: Yeah, Zaire is a stud. He's a stud. He's going to play some point because they lost Terrell Terry. Uh, so look for Zaire to play everywhere in the court. One of my favorite kids I've ever spoken to. I mean, doesn't surprise you, obviously, with him going to Stanford. He fits the, the bill. Um, super smart, long, athletic, looks the part, can really facilitate. Not a great shooter, um, but, but he's one you got to look at. Obviously, if you're starting with top freshmen, you're starting with Kate Cunningham. You know, Oklahoma State, I got him ranked like right around 25th. Uh, he's a stud. He's just all about winning. He's big, he's strong, he's athletic. Again, not a great shooter but he's never really had to shoot the ball that much from the perimeter. He can finish around the basket. He can make people better. He can, he can score with floaters. He can use angles. He can overpower you. Uh, so I would say he, he's the guy that if you're talking about any freshman, you're talking about him. And then Kentucky, they got a bunch of freshmen. My favorite is, is Brandon Boston. And I asked him, I said, are you going by B.J. or Brandon? So he's going by Brandon, just so you guys know. But he, he's, he's long. He can really, really score the ball at all three levels. So I think Boston will be Kentucky's – I don't know if he'll be their most productive player. I think he'll be their best perimeter guy. Olivier Sarr should be their most productive player because, you know, he's a a senior. Uh, And I just think, guys, listen, to me, when you're looking at teams of value or teams that are going to win it all, you've been looking for the last few years at veteran teams. I think it's going to even take it to a different level of of veteran teams because so many of these young teams haven't had a real – Kind of initiation. They haven't been on campus. They haven't had the chemistry. They missed half of their summer. Where the veteran teams, it's not as big a deal because they're already used to the system. They're used to the coach. They're used to each other. They're used to classes, all of that stuff. So that's why I said Creighton uh, really stuck out for me is because they are a veteran team. And that's why I've had, again, Baylor, Villanova, Gonzaga. It, it, to me, if, if you don't have them at one, two, three, you're just looking for attention right now.
2: Uh, Jeff, the amount of player transfers this year was staggering. It seemed like almost every day impact transfers were going to new schools, and it was almost impossible to keep up with. Who do you think would be the most impact, in, impactful transfer this year? And I'm kind of hoping you say Bryce Aiken.
3: I will not say Bryce Aiken. Oh. Here's, here's why. Here's why. I, I just, listen, I'm in Boston. I, I've been around Seth Towns and Bryce Aiken too long. Those guys are like always hurt. They're always hurt. I, I love Bryce Aiken when he's on the floor. Seth Towns, same thing. Seth Towns is probably going to be out till at least January. He's the one who transferred um, to Ohio State, hasn't played in two years. Bryce Aiken at least has played more recently. Uh, and when he's on the court, he's a walking bucket. Uh, I would not go with Bryce Aiken as, as, my, um, as my transfer that's going to make the biggest impact. Who would be my biggest impact transfer? I mean, Olivier Sarr is going to be there. McClung, we've already mentioned um, those two. I think Joey Hauser. that's probably the one at Michigan State. They need him. Uh, He's a face-up four-man, skilled. Obviously, he left Marquette. He and his brother um, and Sam Hauser went to uh, Virginia. So you can take either one of the Hausers, Sam at Virginia, Joey at at Michigan State, either one of them. It's a toss-up. They're both skilled forwards who really left uh, Marquette because uh, Marcus Howard was just jacking everything possible.
0: That is Jeff Goodman, basketball college basketball analyst at Stadium. You can follow him on Twitter at Goodman Hoops and, of course, co-founder of the Field of 68 Podcast Network. Jeff, really appreciate the time today. Great information, as always. And uh, when we do our next podcast, we'll be having you back on if you have the time.
3: And we will not say the word shit show, hopefully. All right, hopefully it'll be good. (laughs) Hopefully, Hopefully that will not dominate the podcast. But, listen, I appreciate you guys for having me. Uh, be safe, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, we'll have plenty to talk about this season. That is Jeff Goodman.
0: Fantastic info. I think he's got a coin shit show before Nick Costos copyrights it. He's already got wager <laughs> He'll get shit show in the mix there, too. I, I want to bounce off really quick before we get into our favorite college basketball features. Just a second here. In terms of veteran teams like he talked about, and he mentioned Joey Hauser at Michigan State, we didn't really talk about Sam Hauser. I think that Virginia team is going to be loaded defensively, even though they're losing Huff and Diakite in the front line. Michigan State losing Cassius Winston, one of my favorite college basketball players of all time. But from, a, a, from an on-the-court standpoint, that is a, a massive loss to lose your, your leader and your ball handler, like veteran leadership is 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 huge. Illinois, even though we don't like him at that price, getting Iota Sumu back probably going to have the ball in his hands more than ever, even with Frazier still on the court for the Illini. That is a, a massive note that Jeff mentioned that that I'm sure will play into all of our futures bets.
1: And I and I think uh, this has been a big big thing in every sport. I mean, look at the Steelers and the Seahawks. No turnover. Same coach. You know what I mean? Same coaching staff. Veteran quarterbacks. Every sport you look at, if you're young, if, if you have a lot of moving parts, this isn't the best year to bet on those teams.
2: Futures are already taken. They have rosters that have been there for a year, two years. I, you you have to look at uh, teams that have good continuity. It's going to be like Kentucky. I love Kentucky. I'm a Kentucky fan. I don't know if I can bet them this year just because they have all these guys coming in. Uh, it's continuity. You've got teams with good coaches, teams that have been around. That's what I'm, that's what I'm looking for this year
0: yeah in Kentucky around 11 sixteen to one to win the title so in that in that in that teen range for, for in the futures market, that's a team that that struggles early even with SAR getting him eligible for the seasons massive for the front line defensively. But if they struggle over the first couple games, I mean, they were, they were what, like 25 to one around that price in in February last year. So you can get a good price on these teams. That's why it's, it's best not to jump at at some of these lower price teams until, I mean, maybe you don't get the best of the number. Maybe, maybe you miss out of Kentucky in the end, but to me, it's about finding value. And I know that's the way all of us really think when it comes to betting on sports in general. So let's get it started guys. Our, our favorite college basketball futures, Tom, I'll, you kick it off. We'll go. Oh, we'll go one a piece and then circle back. So your first college basketball futures bet is?
1: I like LSU at 40 to one. And again, I think this is the same team as Iowa. Very efficient offensively, has some trouble on the defensive end. But instead of eight to one, I'm getting 40 to one with a deep athletic team. You know, they're strong on the boards. I love the combination of Trendon Watford and Javante Smart. I think Smart's the next great point guard in that up-tempo Will Wade system. They add five star recruit Cam Thomas, another scoring machine. So we know offense won't be the problem. They averaged 80 points last year, might be even better this year. Now defense is the problem. It's like uh, an
0: Iowa, Tom. They're like
1: yeah, Iowa. No, it's, like, it's like Iowa. You know, you can't you can't allow 73 points a game. Yep. Um, you know, that's that that's gonna but again, you're looking at a very a very well rounded athletic team at 40 to one. You know, I feel like this is kind of the reverse of my Baylor pick last year I thought Baylor was very strong defensively could they get enough offense you know that's why they were 40 to 1 um, same thing with LSU scoring talent rebounding it's there just got to tighten up a little bit on the defensive end you know just to give you an example uh, Ken Palm's top 40 they're 83rd in defensive efficiency which is by far the worst uh, preseason rating out of top 40 team. so you know that's why that's why they're 40 to 1 but I think the talent is there to make a run in the tournament
0: all right. Well, I'll have an SEC futures bet to give out in the second, or at least a team to win the title from that conference. We'll save that debate for a couple minutes. Tyler, your first college basketball futures bet. I guess this is snake draft style, so go ahead. You're on the clock.
2: Okay. Here we go. Um, I bet UConn at forty-five to one. I see most books they're at forty to one but Ooh. i love this roster they're absolutely loaded i'm a huge fan of dan hurley uh, obviously everyone knows about james james now. he's nominated for a ton of preseason awards he averaged 13 and 4 rebounds last, uh, last year as a freshman i love him i think he's going to be one of the best point guards in the country josh carlton who eli knows i think he <laughs> i think the world of his talent he brought him up like every day of the show last year to be fair it's it the, the basics that's that's that, that's why I think he's going to take this jump. He's just missing the basics that that uh, that everyone, anyone can uh, correct. Like a simple drop step to the basket, bounces off his legs, goes to get a rebound, ball bounces off his hands, allows a fast break on the other side. I think this is the year he takes the next step. I think he's a, I think he's a double-double guy. I I I am all in on his talent. Also yeah. the tra- the transfer the transfer they got RJ Cole. They got him from Howard. I saw him play a ton. He went to he's from New Jersey also. He went to he played at State Anthony's. He played for Dan Hurley's dad. So he knows what he's getting in. I don't understand why he went to Howard. I'm not sure why he went. I don't know what happened, but he dominated. Dominated Howard, dominated any competition over there. He averaged I think he averaged around 18, 20 points a game. I think he's said to step in as the backup point guard. I don't know if you're going to find a better duo, a uh, point guard doing a backup than R.J. Cole and James Knight. Wow. They also – People aren't talking about either tied the Tyrese Martin transfer from Rhode Island. He's also there and they got Tyler Polly and Jalen Gaffney. I mean, the roster's loaded. They got depth everywhere. I also sprinkled some of them to uh, sprinkle a little bit at Big East plus 600 for them to win that. So, I'm
1: all in on a I'm all in on UConn.
0: Like it. I love yeah. I love Book Night. I know Tom's got some harsh
1: words to say to you though. Oh, let's hear it. But they're not quite harsh because I love UConn, too. I, but this here's my issue with them. Last year, that was the team I wrote down for next season team, UConn. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the roster, but that's actually a team I wouldn't bet based on the odds. I just don't think I'm getting enough value with them at that 40-to-1 range. Uh, you know, again, I, I think they're probably a year away from really pushing into that NCD. I, I think the, uh, Hurley's doing a great job there. Like you said, he's assembling a, a lot of talent. I just... If I'm a year early on a team, I feel like I need more value than 40 to one on them.
0: I'm with you there. And you might be able to find a little bit higher than 40 to one at some other books. I don't think it's an awful price. It's probably priced just about right. Like the market to Tom's point, the market has caught up to UConn. They they know what's coming with the Huskies. They're in the big East. So they're not going to be priced the same as they would in the American athletic conference. Less teams in the tournament from that conference, to be fair. But the country knows about James Booknight, and the country knows about, about Hurley. So I'm with Tom, but I don't
1: hate the pick from Tyler. They were on my list too. So <laughs> no, I, I'm not. I'm just, listen, I love UConn. I'll be betting them. I'm just saying I, that's why I didn't. That's not why. That's why they're not one of my picks. I I just felt value-wise, I wasn't seeing it yet with 40 to one.
0: Right. No. 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 No doubt. Uh, my first college basketball futures bet, a little bit higher on the odds board in terms of value, 80 to one, taking the Alabama Crimson Tide to win it all. Sounds fucking weird to say. I wouldn't bet this team if Avery Johnson was still the coach. That's for for damn sure. Starting off with the coach, though, like Nate Oates, to me, is one of the best up-and-coming coaches in college basketball. Not really known for what he brings defensively as a a coach, but kind of in that same vein of of a Chris Holtman, who I think is on the up-and-up as a coach at Ohio State. I don't know if it'll translate to on the court for the Buckeyes this year after losing Caleb Wesson. I hate Caleb Wesson and so many fouls and just fucking up that offense, fucking elbowing guys left and right, but... I, th- I believe in Chris Holtman as a coach, and I believe in Nate Oates a- as a coach at Bama coming from Buffalo, kind of the-, the way I thought about Chris Beard after he left Little Rock and went to Texas Tech. So you lose Kyra Lewis, I get that. I don't even think Lewis is th- that good of a fit from a college basketball standpoint. Javon Quinterly is the guy that is mm-hmm. makes the difference to me. Yes, you could say, well, Eli, you talked about this earlier on the podcast. Why would you bet a team that has a first-year starting point guard? Quinterly's been in this system for a year-plus now, because he, he sat out last year for Bama, so he knows the Oates offense, and he fits really well compared to where he came from with Villanova a couple of years ago. Number one, Jay Wright doesn't play doesn't play freshman a ton. Maybe you could make the case for some guys, but pretty much that's his standard. And then at the same time, Jay Wright doesn't play an up-tempo offense, and that's what Nate Oates' offense is known for uh, going from Buffalo to Alabama. So love Quinterly, love the fit there. Uh, That's a huge variable, but at 80-1, to it comes with the price. Shackelford, I love coming back 15 points a game last year. John Petty, to me, was the key getting him back. A a first or second round pick, if you think about next year's draft, really athletic, could shoot the three ball well, and I think will bulk up and and take that next step as as a wing. You always want to try to look for guys taking that jump, and Petty does that for me. Uh, Herb Jones coming back, arguably the best ISO defender or individual defender in college basketball. Love his game. Alex Reese coming back, one of their other starters, could shoot the three ball well and is a huge death piece, uh, piece because they got Jordan Bruner from Yale. Man, yep. I, don't, I don't want to go as far as saying that Bruner will have the impact of a, of a Tariq Owens at Texas Tech a couple of years say ago. Say it. But I'll fucking say it. Uh, Alabama struggled so bad last year in terms of defensive rebounding and block rate. They had no rim protection. You get that guy uh, up front for Bama. I know this team was awful last year, but Kempom has then projected in the 40s and adjusted defensive efficiency. I think they have more room to grow because of what Bruner brings up front uh, around the glass. They also get some other guys coming in that can protect the rim, like Ambrose Hilton, and I like Primo as well as a backup point guard. So I, I'm really high on this Bama team. There's a lot of room to grow, uh, kind of like you were, Tom, at, with Baylor last year. They were, what, 120-1 to 1, uh, going back to last summer even before you bet them.
1: Yeah, and uh, this is listen. I love this pick. You told me about it a while ago, so you know I wasn't going to steal your thunder on it. But after you told me, I really looked into it more, and uh, this is a great pick. Uh, uh, what you're getting them at, and the ceiling for this team, I, I think you're right on the money. This is one of the best picks you've ever had.
0: <laughs> that says a lot. Tyler, wow. any thoughts on Bama? No,
2: I agree. I, I remember you told me to take Bama. I, I don't even remember how long ago it was, but it's been sitting. I have Alabama 8 to 1 in my pending bets for. I feel like it's been months at this point. I'm happy years. you mentioned Jordan Bruner. Yeah, it's been. It feels like it's been years. I'm happy you said Jordan Bruner. I, I I've watched for some reason. I watched a lot of Yale basketball last year. So I know he's 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 an outstanding player. We all John Petty, uh, college basketball's version of J.R. Smith. If he's on fire, right? If he's on fire, he 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 could be the best player in the game. He can be the best player in any game. He could be the best player in the SEC. I love his talent. I think he'll end up being a first-round pick next year. Quinterly's obviously the guy uh, we have to hope he translates. I th- I always believe in his talent. I think he'll be good. I I
0: love Alabama this year. I completely agree. All right, so we won't do necessarily snake draft format here. Tyler, what is your second college basketball futures bet?
2: I want to mention another team I did not bet though that I want to talk about real fast because I think they're interesting, and that's Texas. Uh, I love uh, right now. I think they're priced they're priced around fifty to one. They have a loaded backcourt. Matt Coleman, who's been there f- since the '80s, I feel like he's all he's he's there every single year. Since the Jones. 80s. And, <laughs> I feel like he's been there forever. Andrew Jones and Courtney Ramey, who I love. the The freshman they got this year, Greg Brown. If you were to tell me, rank the top three freshmen this year who I think will make the biggest impact. I think it's BJ, Ball, Brandon Boston, uh, one, Cade Cunningham, two. You can switch them one and two. It doesn't matter. And I think Greg Brown's the third. He's he's almost like a Zion-like highlight machine. And I know P- I got to clarify this. They're not the same players at all. But the highlights, and the, he's going to be a social media sensation, I believe, this year. I love him. Uh, he's insane. He's going to dominate in the paint. He can't shoot for the life of him. Cannot shoot. But he's uh
0: he's he's going to be so much fun to watch this year. Really yeah. quick, and uh, just to jump in here, and I know you're not just necessarily saying betting it because you're not just yet. When Texas almost made that run to the March Madness that didn't happen last year, the NCAA tournament, yes, they were yeah. great defensively. They, they were giving up uh, .97 points per possession down the stretch in February and March. But offensively, .93 points per possession. I agree I like Greg Brown, but you made the point that he can't shoot the rest of this yeah. team struggles to shoot consistently. So, can they take that next step? Does Greg Brown make that big of an impact offensively? I say no. Well, I think Matt
2: Coleman and Andrew Jones can easily can easily step up. Uh, Matt Coleman's a great three-point shooter. the The thing, the next thing I was gonna say is, can we trust Shaka Smart offensively? I mean, they have the length. They can play defense. The issue is obviously shooting. If we can get a step up from Matt Coleman, Andrew Jones, and hopefully Courtney Ramsey, I think this team is awesome. But yes, the the one point I have here is can they shoot consistently? And that's why I didn't
1: take them. All right. Well, Eli, you know, you gave the best pick of your life. I'm going to give the best pick of mine. Uh, this, is a, this is a Jeff Goodman special. He said, go with experience. Give me St. Louis 100 to one, baby. I mean, they returned virtually everyone from last season's 23 win team one of the deepest teams in the country, 10-man rotation, great defensive and rebounding team. You know, they have three A-10 Player of the Year candidates and Jordan Goodwin, Javante Perkins, and Hassan French. I love French, one of the best power forwards in the country, averaged a double-double last year. You know, you look at them in Richmond, the two teams in the a 10 uh, Richmond's 35 to one, you know, and they lost Sherrod, a big injury to them, and now you look at St. Louis at 100 to one. This is going to be this year's Dayton team. They're a nightmare to play in the tournament when they get in. Bit one one thing they have to improve though, free throw shooting. 58 percent from the line Dead last, last in
0: college basketball worst <laughs> and
1: they lost two games to Dayton by eight points one game in overtime and they couldn't make a foul shot at the end of that game my son is nine years old he shoots better than 58 percent from the line so that's the only negative I see with this team I think they are loaded and they are ready to make a deep run in the NCAA tournament
0: I, listen, they're bringing everybody back. I love Hassan French. If you go back to non-conference play last year, Seton Hall, that game, lost by 17. They had Miles Powell. St. Louis isn't going to play up and down with you. They need to slow down the tempo. They're bottom 150 in college basketball and adjusted uh, tempo. So I'll, I'll, I'll call that a wash-ish just because of who they had to play and, the, and the, the pace that Seton Hall wants to play out. That Auburn game, man, on neutral floor, I think it was played somewhere in Missouri. They lost that game by six. That was an impressive game for St. Louis. They came, they came back. They could, sh- they have some decent shooting from three, good guard play. If they could, if they could tick up that free throw shooting, I'm with you. This is the mid-major team to watch for in college basketball at 101. to one. Tyler, before I give my long shot futures bet, yep. what's your second bet to to win the title? We, so we're gonna we're gonna throw in
2: long shots here, correct? Like 100 to ones. I can correct. In, I can. Okay, here we go. This is gonna. Be, I'm excited for Eli's reaction here. I took Memphis at 100 to 1. It's almost—it's weird to say if a team can be uh, very underrated defensively when they're ranked in the top 10 def- uh, uh, in defense per Kempon, but I feel like they are. They have elite-level athleticism at every single posi- uh, position. They didn't, Wiseman didn't play at all last year, so you're obviously not going to factor him, him him, in. They lost to Chua. That's the one guy that's the biggest loss of uh, this team. They got Landers Nolly from Virginia Tech, who could be the potential AAC player of the year. He's going to lead them in scoring. Uh, Alex Lomax and Lester Kionis, my boy, who's uh, who's coming back too. I think Kionis is an NBA wing. He's a great, he's a really good shooter. I'm, I love his talent. I think he's going to be really good. Memphis allowed the second lowest points per possession of any team who played man-to-man last year. That is an insane stat, and th- w- mixed with their athleticism, they're gonna they're gonna go up and guard teams this year. And with with Houston losing Fabian White, I think they're gonna be able to contend with them at the top of the AAC. And real fast, another freshman I'm going to throw out here: Musa Cisse from New York. He is one of my favorite freshmen this year. One of my uh, one of my favorite underrated players this year. I don't know if you guys remember Chris Walker from Florida, but he almost looks like him. He's like a freak. He's like freak of an athlete. Uh, I think he's a, I think he's gonna win freshman of the year in AEC. I think he he's gonna make first team all AAC, So we can write this down and hopefully this doesn't happen. And uh, I think he's a grown man. He's a grown man in a freshman body. I think he's gonna be a huge huge upgrade for them. He blocks every shot. I love Memphis at 100 to one. That's my second future bet I placed.
0: <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't hate it. I, Landers Nolly I love from vatech last year. Uh, also, not only Fabian White being down for the year with the torn ACL, but Nate Hitton going to the draft, so you lose yep. a couple, at least a wing and Hitton. That's a, a decent rebounder. Tom, any thoughts on Memphis, really quick?
1: Yeah, I don't have a good feel for this team to be honest. I had them last year. Um, I actually bet oh, them. Uh, yeah, I, I I got them around uh, the 40 50 to one. Mm-hmm. Um, Range and uh, I thought, thought that was good value. Uh, I will say they lost a lot of tough games. You know, there was games where they were right there at the end and they, they just couldn't close. And they're, a, you know, that's a young team. So when you're looking at talent, I think talent wise, that see, this is where I disagree with your UConn bet. The talent at 40 to 1, I don't know, 100 to 1, yeah, I, I like that one. And to
0: Tyler's point too, fifth in the fifth lowest adjusted defensive efficiency in college basketball, losing a I mean, how, how, he was great. He could guard one through five. So I defensively, like, are you going to hover around? I know you mentioned man-to-man and points per possession. Hell of a stat. Great great find by you. It just does that continue when you're losing that big of a force defensively? But I don't, I don't hate the pick at, at that price. So my last college basketball futures bet, I think, I think uh, Tom has one more to give out. I got one more, yeah. I'm going to go a little deeper on the odds board here. The Boise State fucking Broncos. At three hundred, there it is. There it is. At three hundred to one, I got a bet. they are five hundred to one guys uh, sitting uh, around that price at points bet. So let's just start broad and let's go macro into micro. The Mountain West loses Sam Merrill at Utah State. My last college basketball futures bet that I made was Sam Merrill and the Utah State to win the Mountain West Conference tournament at mm-hmm. six to one. Tyler and I both hit that. Fucking love that. Yes, we did. My last college basketball memory, really. And uh, Malachi Flynn got at San Diego State. So you're losing two of the best players in the conference. And for San Diego State, who was the best team in that conference last year, respectively. And with Utah State, uh, I mean, with injuries aside, they were still a top two team in that conference, came around and, and won the conference tournament. So for Boise State, yes, you're losing Justinian and Jessup. R.J. Williams, who's another freak defensively. I loved his game last year. Hobbs, too. But you're getting Derek Alston Jr. back. And NBA-ready player from this conference, uh, Kata's side, Utah State. I guess you could put Alston number two in that regard. And then Abu Kijab who I really like can handle the basketball and shoot it a bit too. So besides those two guys, as high as I am on Alston and you're getting R.J. Dennis and Max Rice back, the son of the, the coach Leanne Rice, this transfer class, like it, again, it's not like there's a freshman coming into the fold that I like. They have chemistry because considering their practice uh, time from last year, these guys have been in uh, Leanne Rice's system. Emmanuel Aikon from Arizona, who's an athletic freak, uh, a wing who can play the four, Armist from East Tennessee State, who's in uh, probably the most underrated transfer in this group, can rebound the basketball and score on, uh, in the paint. And then Marcus Shaver Jr. can shoot the ball from Portland, uh, 14 points a game uh, around that number when he played there uh, from a couple of years back. And then Dowtry from Arizona, also 6.3 points per game. So a couple of major conference transfers that I love, and this this team to be at this price, like we were talking about this before the podcast. Boise State should not be priced around Wake Forest to win the national mm-hmm. title. I know it's an insane number, but that's a long shot for me where they can win the Mountain West and get into the tournament and they have the athleticism and, and a, a good coach to me in Leon Rice to make a run in, in the dance where you could hedge out and uh, and make, make a profit on Boise State.
2: Real, real quick, Eli, uh, before we go on here, I... I want to just talk about Derek Alston a little more. I, I think you convinced me, by the way, to, to bet this, because I just, because I want to root for Derek Alston. I think he's gonna be one of the the most. Uh, how do I say? He's one of the most improved players in college basketball. I mean, they have him listed as a six ten guard on the website. He's a, he can literally do anything one through five. I love him. I think he's gonna. He's a, he's right now a award finalist for the Julius Irving Small Forward of the Year. I, th- I think the world of this guy. I'm, I think I'm gonna bet this team now.
1: Tom, will you be will be a a, a radio.com
0: show bet for Boise State?
1: It will, and I think you hit it right on the head. You know, we were looking in that odds range of you know Kansas State, Wake Forest, and they're not going to win anything. But the thing you get with a team like Boise State. That's the type of team that could have one or two losses on the season. Get a high seed and and, and make a mm-hmm. run where you can hedge. So to me, that's the difference right there. Is Boise State going to win it all? Most likely not. But when you take 300-1, to one, you're hoping for one of those San Diego State-type seasons where you get a pretty solid seed and you, you win a couple games in the tournament. I think in that price range, this is the best bet.
0: And Tom, what's your last college basketball futures bet?
1: Okay, I got one more for you, baby. Miami, one hundred to one. I I love <laughs> Let's this. Let's go. Team. The four the top five scorers return with Chris Likes, you know, a player of the year candidate, Cameron McGusty, and Isaiah Wong. Now here's the thing. Wong to me is the difference maker. He was yes. a freshman last year. And we, so, sometimes we get too caught. up. We think everybody's a Duke one and done freshman. A lot of these guys are four year players and it takes them a while to get going. Wong struggled early in the season and then scored double figures in 10 of the last 13 games. So I think he's going to be one of the most improved players in the conference. Now, what's Miami's weakness? Rebounding, right? They couldn't rebound anything. They bring in Earl Timberlake, top 50 recruit wing player. I, I think he's going to make an immediate impact. But the guy I love is Nazir Brooks from Cincinnati. Wait, wait, eight points a game. Why do you love him? Nastiness. <laughs> Get on the boards, rebound. You know, I, that's what they need. You know, uh, Dang Gok, uh, 6'10. Uh, 6'10 forward is, is coming back. He only played seven games last year. Had some knee issues. If they can get those two and a couple other other frontline scores uh, to start developing more, uh, I think at 100 to one, this is a great bet. But here's what I really love: 20 to one to win the ACC. Now I love that bet so much. I live in New York. We can't bet mobilely for some god unknown reason. I have to drive 40 <laughs> minutes to a casino. I'm going to drive that 40 minutes and I'm going to put grand <laughs> on Miami to win the ACC at 20-1. to That is the best futures bet out there.
0: That is a college basketball degenerate at, at <laughs> his finest right there. Uh, God knows where to get that Miami, uh, <laughs> Miami bet to win the ACC. Guys, this was a ton of fun. Love having Jeff Goodman on to talk college hoops, but we dove into the top teams, talked about all of our futures. So, first edition of the Radio.com College Basketball Betting Preview Podcast. Any last thoughts, guys, really quick?
1: Let's get the season going. I can't wait.
0: Tyler? I think, I think I'm going to bet Miami. <laughs> yeah, you convinced him I, there. I
2: told Eli before this that I, one of the teams I was thinking about was Miami because I loved Isaiah Wong so much. So I'm going to
0: think about it. I will say, too, to Tom's point with Wong, uh, likes being out down the stretch really helped him out in terms of developing a handle and, and getting experience mm-hmm. at that level. So to have two guys now that can handle the basketball, even though they fucked me over in the ACC tournament, couldn't make a fucking free throw for their life and lost that Clemson game, clearly not better or anything like that. So uh, for Tyler Morales... For Tom Casale, a couple of our great Radio.com sports teammates. For myself, Eli Herskovich, this was the first edition of the Radio.com sports uh, college basketball betting preview. Taking a couple words out of Jeff Goodman's mouth. Uh, Hopefully this podcast wasn't a shit show. We'll be back on maybe in a month to talk about the futures market. (laughs)